name is Jason from Mortars Walk, and I'm so excited about having him on today. Please go ahead and hit the like, hit share, subscribe, and start leaving some good comments. Man, welcome on the show today. I was told I met a guy. In, um, let me get this hat. I'm a man of many hats, okay? <laughs> I met a dude at Catholic Palooza wearing a BMI hat. And I knew what BMI was because when I grew up, Alabama and Coach Bear Bryant scheduled VMI routinely, and it was a beat down. I mean, a beating. And I was wearing an LSU hat because <clears throat> my son graduated from Alabama. I'm an Auburn fan, but LSU is just a team we could we both like. I, I yeah. still love LSU. So when I was talking to Joe from uh, from your organization, I was at a table there and found out me, you know, me and him were both in the Marines. And then he was seeing my hat and he started pointing to you. Man, you got to talk to him. You got to talk to him. And I kept seeing the mortars walk and it just, I couldn't wait to have you. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us all about it. Oh, yeah. Hey, John. I'm so glad to be with you. And uh, I appreciate you changing that hat and putting on something I'm a little more comfortable with. You're welcome. Uh, as a native from Baton Rouge, I, I appreciate uh, appreciate that purple and gold uh, more than you know. So, uh, yeah, it was great. Great running into you there at, at Catholic Palooza. What a great event. Um Man, it, it was just really a great pleasure to be with all those other Catholics and, you know, just Catholic culture. You know, it's something that's been missing for a long time. And it sounds like, you know, we're we're trying to put that back together. Um, and a lot of that is is really what we, you know, with the Martyrs Walk, you know, we're, we're wanting to do as well. You know, the domestic church ultimately is what is under attack. Um, and the vehicle of that attack is is, is masculinity. Uh, Satan has attacked manhood and that manhood has affected the domestic church. That domestic church is is uh, obviously rolls right into our, our 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 church body. And from the church body, our society and our world are what it is today because men are weak and have uh, and have stepped away from their responsibilities. And uh, and, you know, thus the martyrs walk is there to be a, a catalyst to help them, you know, understand what they are called to. Cause I don't think most guys even have a clue of what they're called to or have a clue what their potential is. And so we, we wanted to, um, you know, start this organization to be a, uh, more than a retreat, more than a boot camp, more than a men's conference. We wanted it to be something, uh, the most difficult spiritual, physical, and mental, uh, event uh action that a man can actually to go through you know if you don't know what something if you don't practice or aim towards that goal you'll never get there you know if you have in your head why well, you know every guy walks around with their chest puffed out and i'm a bad guy and i can i can defend myself and i can do anything right but i mean if you're gonna get into the ring with somebody and you just got it all in your head well you're gonna be you're gonna be waking up really fast and if you think you're just some marathon runner but you don't run and you don't practice you're never going to be a marathon runner. And if you think you're a martyr, you know, and you're, you know, you have what it takes to die for your faith, but you can't even turn off, you know, the porn and you can't even put down the drink and you can't even turn off the computer and go away from, from work to go spend time with your family. You, you're not going to be able to, to, to handle anything larger than the daily martyrdoms that come along the white martyrdoms. So 
the Martyrs Walk was born, and uh, we're getting kicked off, and uh, really excited about it. When I said it, I didn't know that me and my son would have a table. Okay, had we had had a table, I'd have had a fancy banner out and some merch, <laughs> and two tall blondes on each. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I kept seeing that mortar, that logo that that you have, and it was just it was like reaching to me. So, um. You obviously have what my son calls the medieval grind set. Mm. And did that come? Were you raised to be? Were you raised to be the way you are? Was your how? What's your story about coming up, born and raised like this? I I got a tattered and torn story uh, for the most part. And uh, and I'm proud of every piece of it because I wouldn't be who I am without it. Um, you know, a lot of people look back and say, well, I would change this. I would do this different. I would go back. I could do this. And I regret a lot of things I've done, but I wouldn't go back and change a piece of it because here I am. And, um, you know, every, every, uh, every piece of suffering and grace and revelation and, and gray hair, I earned it. And so, uh, so anyway, yeah, I was brought up in a nominal Catholic family. Um, you know, parents, they were they were Catholic. Uh, we were nominal. We'd go when it was convenient. We'd go Christmas and Easter. Uh, there was never any family prayer in the house, um, religious objects, you know, nothing of that sort. Um, unfortunately, my parents divorced when I was like in sixth grade, and that was sort of a a, a downward spiral. There, I think that was that was uh, that was the enemy's best effort at destroying any hope that was was going to be there for me and my my sister especially because um, it's you know, divorce we know is so detrimental, and um, that put me on a on a just a path you know there was I, I went through physical abuse I went through sexual abuse by a family friend for for several years, and that just projected me into my my teens and, and you know late teens early twenties of a, a life of of abuse, you know, of anything and everything I could abuse from, from women to drugs, to alcohol, you know, to myself, whatever. Um, and so I basically, by the time I was, you know, in my, in my early twenties, I, I, I had hit a rock bottom. I was at the, I was the lowest I could go. I was border. I would, I would say I would, su I was suicidal. Uh, I had lots of thoughts. I wanted to never tried it. You know, don't think I was even I was even man enough to even try that, not to even speak that way about it. But, you know, in that sense, I was such a weak individual. I get um, it. Yeah. So um, kind of just ended up at a very got in some trouble, lost all the friends that were around me at the time. Um, one friend stuck around and he was he was actually a traditional Catholic who was kind of having a rough time himself. Um, and he knew I was having a real rough time. And one day he happened to to see a, a crucifix that my grandmother had given me. My grandmother was a devout Catholic, uh, always taking me to mass as a kid and, you know, sending me scapulars and, and telling me to pray. And, you know, always, you always wear, there. You wear those scapulars that she sent you? I never did. But I hung, no, I hung up on I hung them up on the crucifix. So I, I mean, I kind of, you know, kept them there. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it meant. Uh, I knew my grandmother gave it to me and that was probably why. Um, but this friend saw this cross on my wall that day and he said, well, I didn't know you were Catholic. And at that time, I, you know, I had known him for probably close to a year. Mostly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that someone in Baton Rouge would even. Well, this was, 
This was actually up in in North Carolina, so oh. even less of a, um, less of the uh, you know ability of running into another Catholic. Okay. But but yeah, he you know we were just kind of getting in trouble together, and you know he was probably a good he was he was a good influence on me. But you know we together you know we we were getting in some trouble, and he knew where I was mentally. He knew where I, I was in a really good place, and he said, you know, I didn't know you're Catholic. I said, well, I'm, you know, I wouldn't consider myself Catholic because I had stopped going to church years ago and wasn't interested. Uh, and he said, why don't you come? You know, why don't you come to church with me one Sunday? And I'm like, man, I've I've been there, done that. I I, I was I mean, as nominal Catholic as we were, I did go through Catholic education for eight years. I went to an all boy Catholic high school, so I had the discipline. I was around it, but it was never anything that I picked up on. It wasn't, again, and you know, what what was going on in the in the church? You know, in the in the 70s and 80s, it wasn't being it wasn't being really taught. And and I and I probably you know, if it was at any point, I wasn't receptive to it, obviously. Um, and I said, I was not interested. You know, I, I had mocked, mocked the church. I had mocked the mass. I, I thought it was a goofy thing, all the dumb stuff and the music. I was just so distaste, you know, with it. And, uh, he said, no, this is a little bit different. This one's a little bit different. This one's actually in Latin. This one actually, and he started to explain all this 1960s stuff. And this, this person named Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre and, um, and I was intrigued and uh, and I thought, you know what, I kind of looked at it kind of like a, I see in like, you know, TV and movies at the time, you know, that these people have these big revelations and they find God and they go to church. And I thought, eh, you know, maybe I can't get in trouble at church. You know, I said, sure, let's go. Mm-hmm. I went that Sunday and I went every Sunday afterwards. It was a traditional Latin mass at a small little maybe 20 by 40 rented room. Uh, Society of St. Pius X Chapel here in Charlotte. Um, and it which, changed my life. Which um, which mass did you first go to? Was it the low? It was a low mass. It was a what? It was a low mass. Okay. A lot of people don't know you when you go to Latin mass. There's uh, three ways they can have it. A high mass with all the lights, bells, whistles, the smoke and everything. You got the sung mass where they sing. And then... The, the ones that I've always seemed to wind up at is the uh, the low mass, which, you know, yeah, I didn't even know when it started, man. I was there and I was like, you know, hey, we forgot to start. You know, the <laughs> the, the guy just goes up there and it reminded me of the, the Wizard of Oz. Do you remember when Dorothy and them's looking, they see the guy behind the yeah. curtain? Yeah, that, that's the impression I got. So that that but that. That, that that particular mass moves a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. It did. And, and the priest there, uh, Father Charles Ward, who I believe is still still serving out in California, he um, I think he picked up, you know, because I was, you know, you, when it when someone different comes into those churches sometimes now they've grown so much. But back then, I mean, you had. 30, 40, maybe 50 people. It was, this is going back to 1994. So, I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm old school, you know, but I guess in the relative, relatively speaking of, of the kind of the, the more modern, you know, uh, desire and, and knowledge of the traditional Latin mass, which I think was very dormant for a while. Um, you know, 1994 was not, or 1995 around that time. Um, it was still, you know, still kind of, you know, underground, I guess. So, I walked in and um, that thing, that, that mass changed my life. I saw something I'd never seen before. It was, it was otherworldly. It was holy. 
It was solemn. There was something different going on there than I'd ever experienced. And um, through that, I basically started preparing for a, a confession. And then, you know, you know, usually you go to these chapels, they're always a long line for confession. And so, you know, I got there early, uh, you know, I was one of the first ones in there, but this wasn't just uh, in and out stop. Cause I had never, he asked, you know, when's the last time you had a confession? I'm like, I don't know, father, like I've, I've been in the box before, but did I ever really, you know, when I was oh, in high God. school, yeah, when I was in high school, they're like, oh, just think of some things you might've done and just go in there. So we started for as far back as I could remember. So we went back to age five, six. Uh, did, you know, did he walk you through by year or did he? Oh, have a oh, we, we, I was in there for about 30, 45 minutes. I know when I came out, the bats and the sulfur was just spewing out the door. Yeah. Everybody standing in line. I remember, I mean, I remember that going back to that day. I remember looking and seeing all those people and they're looking and I kind of just felt like, I mean, I was, I was, I didn't care. I didn't care what they were looking at, but I, everybody was probably like, dang, that dude must be an ax murderer <laughs> or something. Serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. So a criminal. <laughs> came out and uh i mean from that day forward i was on fire i was like i want this like i like let's go i was so new to you know faith i was not even comfortable saying the word god i'd gotten to the point where i was so removed from religion that even the word god for me was so strange i felt like i was saying a cuss word when i would say it i was embarrassed by it sometimes uh because i was so far away from from even the name god um and then that just kind of projected me on, I, you know, eventually discerned uh, vocations, you know, different vocations, uh, monastic vocation, uh, brotherhood, you know, the brothers, um, you know, fast forward, you know, ended up in a, was accepted to the fraternity of St. Peter's Seminary. Uh, I went there in a very brief stint. And then I went into the Society of St. Pius X Seminary um, back in uh, like 99 to two, early 2000. So not very long, maybe six, seven months. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on back at home, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of difficulty things and, and, you know, things were pulling distractions. So anyway, came out and, uh, in 2000 and met my to be wife that fall. And, uh, a game changer. She, she became Catholic. Uh, she was Southern Baptist. She became Catholic. I tried, you know, a lot to bring the traditional Latin mass kind of to her, how did that happen? How did she go from now? Th is this up in North Carolina by now? Yeah, this is all in North Carolina. So I came up to North Carolina like in 1994. So about 94, my mom knew I was getting in a lot of trouble down at LSU and kind of failing out. And, you know, just she's like, let's let's come up here. Let's try something different. And, and you know, thanks be to God, I was open enough to coming up here. So I came up um, and that was in you know, came up in 94, found found faith and, you know, probably 95 um you know went on that that path of vocation and you know by 2004 we married um early on i tried to bring her i'm sorry 94 now isn't that the year that uh hobson threw four pick sixes against auburn in the fourth oh, quarter old tommy hodson yeah you remember yeah. that okay go yeah, ahead i mean i don't know why you had to bring that up but you that's just, all right uh it's just bigger <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> oh man, you Bama guys, but uh, or Auburn, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so I, I tried. I mean, I was still on fire when I met her, like in the fall of two thousand. I mean, I was fresh out of the seminary, and I was going to the society chapel, and I, I tried to introduce her to that. Of course, I was in the scola. Uh, I was teaching Latin to the to the kids. I was teaching altar boys. I was master of ceremonies. So I was really involved. Um, 
and I think the times I tried to bring her were to like some solemn high masses, like at you know midnight. And uh, for for a Southern Baptist who hasn't really been to church in a while, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. So, um, you know, through a couple, you know, I, I, we kind of I feel like, you know, if it, if it's if she's going to become Catholic and, you know, we wanted to get married, you know, it's, it's you know, we're going to have to <clears throat> have to have some concessions. So we ended up selling at a good Orthodox reverent cathedral here in Charlotte. Uh, through that, she converted um, from a person who said she would never become Catholic to um, to now, uh, you know, someone who you know, was brought into the church. She began teaching at the Catholic school um second grade and now we have six kids and um you know fully engaged in the faith and uh it's it's a great blessing and um you know so so we've you know we now she's you know through the last couple of years i guess with traditiones custodes i became a little more vocal i guess i had kind of tucked my head in the sand a little bit i mean my 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 preference and, and certainly the traditional Latin mass, but I guess over the years, just kind of, just kind of folded in, I guess. And and when that happened, you know, and, and I think for a lot of people that happened, um, you know, and a lot of people even say that, uh, you know, Francis is the biggest promoter of the traditional Latin mass <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from, from, you know, what had happened. And uh, I started kind of being more vocal on a, on a little show that I do. Um, and then with her and introducing Mass of the Ages to her, which was a great piece. If no one's seen that, Mass of the Ages is such a what, wonderful. What do you have, Jason? I'm sorry? What is your show called? Is uh, it's it the... called The Obligation. The Obligation? Is that a podcast or YouTube? Or... Yeah, it, it was on the uh, Carolina Catholic Media Network. So the local Catholic radio station here in Charlotte. So about the last three years, been doing that. Uh, it's a weekly show, kind of taking off right now for the summer, uh, focusing on the Martyrs Walk, and then uh, looking to kind of you know bounce back in you know probably September, you know start getting some some new interviews. We've done a lot of interviews and and you know faith conversion reversion stories. Well, walk me through this Martyrs Walk because in the Marine Corps, when when I got out of the, when I went to the Marine Corps, we had boot camp Paris Island the last 13 weeks and you graduated went on to your MOS school you know whatever that was now in the Marine Corps they got something at the end of boot camp called the crucible oh I yeah heard of yeah. It called, well, it's supposed yeah. to be you know a week from hell or whatever yeah I think the Navy SEALs have something like that yeah. and all your table and the banner that you know, I'm that's what I'm thinking, crucible. So oh yeah. Well, you know, what what is a mortar's walk? Is that like you're walking through a gauntlet and you got <sighs> on you were rubber? I would say metaphorically, absolutely. Metaphorically, it is a gauntlet into your soul. Yeah. Um you're gonna be fighting some serious demons uh through that gauntlet and uh and a lot of things that are holding you back from your full potential as a man. Um I had been involved with the Knights of Columbus for almost 20 years. I've been involved with the Catholic Men's Conference of the Carolinas for uh, roughly 14 years as the co-founder and, and now the coordinator for the last four. Um, you know, I just always, I kind of had this desire, this calling from God to kind of help lead men. And I, I thought at each juncture, I thought when I got involved with the Knights, that was going to be, you know, that was kind of it. Uh, and the Knights led to the men's conference because we founded it out of our council. And so I thought, OK, well, that's it. You know, the men's conference. Um, 
and just but I just couldn't I didn't feel like we were really getting enough getting our claws getting guys you know committed you know it was easy you know show up to a meeting once a month or you show up to a, a conference once a year you check it off your list you go back to your you know your 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 same old same old life and uh so anyway, I was open, you know, to, to more. I, I've been doing residential construction and real estate for almost 20 years. And um, I, I felt a calling. God was, you know, and, and all of these things kind of went together. You know, the, the the nights led to the men's conference. The men's conference led to the obligation. The obligation led to um, getting to know a lot of guys out there across the country, interviews and and really starting to be empowered, knowing that there are other men out there that are actually grinding. There's not a lot of us, but there's enough of us that can make a difference. And when I started to find these guys and like, wow, this is helping because I was starting to get complacent. I was starting to get lazy. You know, I'd been I'd been very successful in my career. Uh, my my family, you know, good, solid family, um, you know, six kids. It's difficult at times, but I was starting to get lazy. And uh, and I felt that, you know, I'd done the Exodus 90 and that was really good. I had a you know a really good experience doing that. Um, but I, I, I guess I, I thought, you know what, let me, I, I looked online. I was like, you know, I wonder if they have any, any sort of intense, like I knew that they had, the Christians are running these boot camps. you know, they've got these kind of like molded, uh, you know, they're, they're intense, but they're, they've got this prosperity gospel that's really tied towards the end, you know, in, in your business and success, because that makes you the man and you support your family and all that. And, and all those things are true, but they're a little bit disordered because they put that financial, you know, a little bit too far out there. And if you look at all the mega churches and, you know, all these big, you know, kind of Protestant groups that that's kind of the, the lead in there uh, and they get very expensive. And so I thought, well, I wonder, you know, I wonder if there's anything Catholic out there and I couldn't find anything there. There are some you know, you can do retreats and I've done lots of Ignatian retreats and those are wonderful. You know, for anybody who's never done a retreat, you know, that's a great thing to go in silence for three days or a week, or I think they're even offered for 30 days, which, you know, probably difficult for most men, but but the Ignatian retreat model is a beautiful thing. Um, men's conferences are great. The Knights of Columbus are great. But as far as an intense, like right now, we need a shock. Men need a shock to the system. It's not going to come from the pulpits. It's just not, you know, because, you know, even if you get a good sermon, you're going to go back. You're going to get in the parking lot. You get in your car. You're going to be distracted. We need something intense. We need something very intentional. And so I thought, OK, well, I'm, I want to do that. I want it. I don't know what it was going to look like, but I found a Christian one down in Dallas. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to try and do this from a Catholic perspective, let me go at least see what these other guys are doing. So I get an idea. So I went down there to Dallas back in February of this year just to be I was open. I knew I was transitioning from my, you know, the career that I'd been in. I want to do something more purposeful. I had the time. I had the the, the treasure to, to explore that, thankfully. So I went down there and it was it was difficult. It was physically grueling. It wasn't. Uh, a real spiritual exercise, but it was physical. It was it was a call to 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 leadership. It was called to personal development, um, and very physically draining. Um, but I didn't want to replicate something that was already out there, and it wasn't Catholic. I didn't want to just take something Protestant and and now just put a a Catholic sticker on it. I wanted something very unique, very different. And I didn't know what it was, so I went down there, and on the last day. Um, they they would basically they would transport they would blindfold us they would transport us to different places and we would get out and we'd have these exercises these physical exercises and 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 some you know lessons there involved you know as far as manhood and and personal development things like that 
but we're being transported on the last day and I was blindfolded and I was in this van with these other other men, probably eight other men. And I had this vision and I call it a vision. I've called it a revelation. I do believe it's both. Um, and I, I just started thinking about, you know, what if I was taken against my will and I was blindfolded? I didn't know where I was going. I was in this van with these other men and we were going to our death. And they were going to make us try and deny Christ before our death. You know, what would that look like? How would I react to that? And I entered into that in such a manner that I've never mentally, spiritually, and physically been so engaged in that thought. Because by the time we get to that that final location, I got out of that van and I was a man on fire because I had put it all together in my head and said, whatever they ask me to do, if I don't do that, I'll be denying Christ. Now, this was nothing at all that they gave me to think about. This was nothing at all that was similar to what they were doing. But while I was had my eyes, you know, covered in the silence, that is what I, I thought. Because I knew it was going to be hard. It was like 40 degrees outside. It was 40 degree in the water. We were going to be in both. Um, we were not going to have much, you know, we were going to be exposed to the elements for a while, several hours. And um, I got there and I'm... I was, I'm the, one of the smaller guys and I was one of the guys that was freezing and shaking the whole time. We got out of that van and I was the first guy. I ripped off my jacket. We all had jacket, big jackets on. I ripped off my jacket and I just, I was ready. I just went and I went like a man possessed and did that. And through that, that, that event, I thought that's what, that's what I need to do. I need to help bring a man to that point, to that breaking point. To where everything in my body at that point was telling me, quit, give up. You can't do it. You're too weak. And that's the first time in my life that I physically, mentally was in full control. My body was, it wanted to get, it wanted to, but I, it was not. My, my soul and my mind with this goal intended, in, in you know, with this idea that I was going to, you know, not deny Christ no matter what. Like I would have died out on that beach if, if it came down to it. I, 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 I would have I would have done whatever until my body just gave up. And from there, that's that's when the martyr's walk was born. And I thought that's what I want to do. That is what we are going to do different. We're going to take a man to that point. We are going to sting a piece of his conscience, a piece of his soul so that he has that memory, like a muscle memory. If you don't ever go there and you don't know what it's even like, you know, how are you ever going to run towards the noise if something happens in your church? You know, how are you going to run towards and lean into the noise of your daily life? You know, if you can't lean it, you know, lean into the sufferings of every day, these white martyrdoms, you know, the little temptations that come along, those little temptations can easily switch and turn into big destruction in your life. That one extra drink that, you know, you get in the car and you drive off and you get a DUI and you lose your job and you and your wife have problems and you divorce and then you affect your kids. And it's, and it sounds like a rabbit hole. It sounds like very, you know, much of a tangent, but it's so real. I mean, right now sitting here, I've got two computer screens at any given time, you know, something could pop up, you know, am I going to die to myself? Am I going to have that little white martyrdom and say, you know what, I'm not going to click on that. Cause if I click on that and I go down that rabbit hole, you know, the next time it pops up, I may go further down that rabbit hole. And then I sit, I get consumed with that again. It all comes back to the family because that eventually is going to affect my relationship with my wife. That may cause me to go out and have an affair on my wife. That may cause, uh, you know, a wall between her and I. And then I've got six kids that are dependent on me. So, you know, it is the martyr's walk. 
but it is not, you know, something, you know, we've gotten a lot of people kicking back like, oh, you know, that's extreme. That's crazy. You know, nobody's going to die, you know, martyrdom. That's so, you know, grotesque and, and narcissistic or whatever. It's like, we're not talking about the blood martyrdoms. That's probably highly unlikely. Now, is it, is it a reality in this world? Absolutely. You know, that it, it, it certainly could be possible. And we see the attacks on churches and we see the attacks on Christians and in peaceful prayer. Um, and I, I do believe that that could be something down the road. But the, the, the more important is, is the daily martyrdoms, because those are where we really die to ourselves, you know, and we die to sin and those daily little, you know, sufferings united in sacrifice of our Lord. That is where we grow. That's where we become, you know, the powerful men of God uh, that the world needs right now. So um, that's so I, that was I was born. You have an event coming up uh, on my son's birthday. Uh-huh. It's, it's his, him and his wife. They share a birthday. It's a oh, big wow. family weekend. Yeah. However, if I had if I signed up to come to your next event, what what? Tell me what to expect. Is it like um, an obstacle course? Is it a Bible study? A kumbaya? Just what oh. do I? What do I? Yeah, no, uh, certainly everything but. So the exact opposite of kumbaya, I would yeah. say. Um, the gauntlet of the mind, the gauntlet of the soul. Those are those are very, very good analogy there. Um, basically, you know, some guys have thought, well, okay, this is like a tough mutter. This is a Spartan race. No, this is not a competition. This is not a race. You, not you, you know, you'll be in competition, but it'll be with yourself, right? So, um, you know, our, right now we're we're looking at guys. You know, ideal numbers eighteen to sixty. We're, you know, depending on where they are, you know, kind of physically, mentally, you know, we're, that's adaptable. And same thing on the other end of the spectrum at 18, you know, if there's a guy at 17 or so, you know, and they, you know, feel confident. Um, it is going to be uh, a day that will begin in prayer. Um, the lives of the martyrs, the Roman martyrology is something vital and very important to what we do. Uh, we begin each day by reading. Uh, from the book, the Roman martyrology of the lives of the saints, the martyrs who have died for the faith, most of them completely unknown to most Catholics. Um, and that is where we start, because those are our example of, of what, you know, what is worth dying for? Um, you know, what are you willing to do for your faith? And and we have to be there. We have to be, you know, we, that has to be something we think about. It doesn't mean in a, in a dark manner where we go about thinking about dying all the time. But if you look at many of the lives of the saints, they're pictured with the image of a, of a skull. And, and that's that's a meditation. that's always before all of us. You know, Tempus Fuji, Memento Mori, time flies, remember death. That's like the, the catchphrase of the Knights of Columbus. Um, you know, to always be mindful of like every action has an has an equal or opposite reaction. So everything you do is going to have a consequence, everything in your life. So so they'd show up to start in prayer. There'll be some physical exercises, just like you said, like in the Marines, there'll be uh, you know morning PT. So there'll be just kind of some Kickstarter, some physical things to kind of get them moving. But everything that's done is done in unison with a lesson of our faith. You know, so so. Perhaps one day, if you look on our website there, we have the horarium and it goes through. It, it, it's very similar to like maybe a monastic schedule, uh, especially the Benedictines, you know, their their motto, Ora et Labora. And that's, you know, work and prayer. So their day is it consists of work and prayer. And that's what ours will be. And that work, uh, much of it will be physical work. 
but it's it's working towards you know uh, bettering ourselves. So it, it's coupled with the prayer, and it's coupled with meditations. Uh, so there may be times of aura labora that they may be, you know, doing some sort of physical exercise that you know maybe uh, is symbolic of what one of the saints may may have died. You know, if if if, if one of the saints may have had a a chain wrapped around their neck and thrown into the ocean or something, they may be dragging a, a heavy chain or something heavy object, uh, being mindful of what that saint, what that martyr went through. Um, there'll be times for brotherhood and times for fellowship. So. Uh, the majority of the event is in silence, and that is, in, you know, intentional uh, to have that time of reflection, um, that time to kind of process what's going on, to get away from the world. There is no cell phones usage for the for these two and a half days. Uh, there's no caffeine. There's no sugar. There is no alcohol, obviously, or smoking. It is a peel back to the center to get to a man. You know, they're going to be tested. They're going to be frustrated. They're going to be tired. But that is where the work begins. I mean, that's that's the beauty. You've been through boot camp. You know, that is what they the tear down, that shared physical, that, you know, traumatic experience. That's what unites men. That unites them in that boot camp so that, you know, they all stick together and they raise each other up so that when they're out there on the battlefield, when they are falling, they do raise each other up, and and you know it's you're, it's a lot less less easy to turn your back on, on you know on a band of brothers than than being out there by yourself. You know we're not called to be out there by yourself. We are called to be uh, this brotherhood. You know, and iron sharpens iron. You know, it's it's very very important that uh, that we have that. You know, it's important that I have that. You know, on a daily basis, just to have a, a group of band of brothers to lean on. You know, because otherwise we pull off. You know, men. We kind of pull off. We become recluses. We, you know, we want to kind of just go and have our pity party and and process it ourselves. And that pulls us away. It pulls us away from our our wives. It pulls us away from our kids. You know, it pulls it away from you know relationship that we that we need to be having, and especially with God. You know, man thinks we are so self sustaining. Um, you know, when we we build those barriers and they, they you know all these different distractions come up between us and God. Then you know we we do move off and we try to become those lone wolves and thinks that you think that we are the end all. So we we create this this brotherhood, um, and you know the, there there's rosary each day. Uh, the men will have some time at the end of each day to to share what they've been through. So there's you know some time of talking. Uh, there's time to prepare for a general confession. We offer confession uh, on one of the days. Uh, there's there's physical combat uh, there as well. Uh, most men have never been hit. You know, most men walk around like a big rooster and with the chest popped out and think they can defend their family and defend themselves. And not never once have they ever, ever had a hand laid on them. And so we're going to lay hands on them and we're going to let them know what that stuff's about. You know, it's kind of like the old analogy about the kids touching, touching the stove. I, I'm from the old school, crazy uh, line of thought that I'm okay if my kids touch the stove and burn their hand. I don't want them to scald and have to go to the emergency room or any means, but you know, by all means, you want to you want to see what hot means. That's what hot means. You know, you know how many guys my son's age? Uh, I think you met my son Brian, yeah. but oh uh, man, they, they can't even do. I, I'm 60 years old and I work out every single day. I don't take off days. I'm amazed at his entire, not just him, my friends, but you would think at his age in his 20s. They could crank out five or six push-ups. They can't. 
Yeah. They got wives and kids to protect and can't do five push-ups. Yeah. Take That's their a part of our calling. Absolutely. It's pathetic. Yeah. So, you know, we we want to, you know, kind of reach that place in a man that he never goes and he never will go on his own, you know, and and it's it, it is, you know, it, what's the saying, you know, dire times calls for dire action or, or you know, dire you know, but, you know, desperate measures and all. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, and we are in desperate times right now. So um, how long does this event last? Is, is how many so nights? It's it's a two and a half day, so roughly fifty four hours, similar to the crucible. I think uh, similar to that, and we have two marines on staff who have said that it is right there, up there with the crucible, mm-hmm. um, and, and and it is intended to be difficult. I would I would best describe it as maybe a, a special forces boot camp smashed together with an Ignatian retreat. Um, and they, and I think that the, what made, what made them, you know, feel it was, it was as difficult as it was, was that, you know, when you, when you're at boot camp and you're in the crucible, I mean, that's a physically draining and it's a, in a, a mentally draining, but when you introduce that spiritual component, it introduces a whole new world of, of difficulty and, and awakening that, that most men just can't hear these days. You know, our Lord obviously, our you know, speaks to us all the time and tries to communicate with us. But there's so much distraction, and there's there's so many things that we put before Him each day, and we want to to bring them to that that moment where they are just with Him. You know, I am who I am, and at that, you know, in in those days, you know, every one of those guys that came uh, to our beta version, who are now the instructors, they would have all told you the day before that they probably you know didn't need it. They're all practicing Catholics, most of them traditional Catholics, praying their rosary each day, going to mass every Sunday, sometimes during the week, adoration. And every one of them would have said, you know what, I'm I'm just kind of I'm going to go and I'm going to help Jason out on this. And and after they went, they're like, wow, I really needed that. Um, and and it changed me, too. I mean, just going through it because I, I kind of led them through the, the first version. And it was an experience for me, you know, to be in that that role. and honestly feeling like that is what God called me to, to for the first time ever really feeling like, and, and, and things being brought to our attention and, and lessons that were, were not prepped for, you know, God basically just providing it as it came. And it was, it was a very moving uh, experience and uh, we'll, we're going to go as, as far as we can with it. We've had a lot of uh, publicity. We've had lots of interviews and even Enoch, you know, the Catholic rapper right there at Catholic Palooza put out an amazing song for us called Martyr's Walk. Uh, we have we've you know been on with Red Top Report with Joe Enders um, and, and Avoiding Babylon with Anthony over there. And, uh, you know, Mike Church, I'm supposed to be on with Chris Boyle. Um, and it's you know, we've gotten so much publicity. But, you know, unfortunately, I'm a little sad and we haven't we haven't got the sign up. We got we've got guys signed up. but we're, you know, guys are hesitant. I don't know if it's the last minute thing. I know with the men's conference, guys always wait to the last minute. It's a new thing. Um, but, you know, we, we know it's needed. We know, I wish, I wish we could get guys there, you know, have them all there. I wish it was a charity and we could just ship them all there and then have them go through it. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we're, we're, we're working with limited means 
and um and it's it's a it's an impact it's it's an experience it is it's not a retreat you know if, if some guy wants to you know spend 50 bucks and go to a men's conference or you know 250 300 and go do a weekend retreat by all means those are good uh but this is something different you know it's an investment um it's going to cost a little bit you know but it's it's also going to be worth it you know everything in life you know if anything that costs is 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 worthwhile that you're working towards you know it's not going to be handed to you go to it what what is the tuition or so it is you know right now it's seventeen hundred and fifty dollars um we do have a scholarship fund we do have a, a method we we basically call no martyr left behind because we want every man there but because of the time it takes i mean we're you know the food the 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 shelter, the experiences that they're going to, the you know the different events, it's it's it it costs you know the van transportation, you know the everything we give to the guys to take home with them. Um, so we do have some scholarships right now that are able to knock it down to about twelve hundred and fifty um, for this event. Uh, similar programs out there, I can tell you the one I did in Dallas was about fifty five hundred dollars. And yeah. it did not include uh, room and board, and so it was. Uh, and there are others. There's there's some. Um, there's one called the Crucible. I think down in Florida, it's like ten or twelve thousand dollars. So we wow. want this to be affordable. We want this to be something that you know all men can go to, and uh, that's why we wanted to set up a scholarship fund for guys that can't go, that want to go, that want to assist with other guys. Um, and you know we, we have group discount. You know I think it's fifteen hundred dollars for groups of three or more. And um, you know if if our, our goal is to get them there. You know so if if someone really you know wants to be there, you know we'll we'll talk to them. We do an interview. You know if you go on on online to themartyrswalk.com, we have a, a button there. It's called the application. They can fill that out, and then we do a personal one-on-one -on -one interview with every guy that comes because we want them to be realistic and understand what they're going into. Because they will, they will change. Their lives will change through this event, and um, we want it to be most impactful. We want them to be properly prepared and disposed. Uh, we don't want them thinking it's just some challenge. This isn't a magic pill. You're not going to show up to the martyr walk and and do the do the event and then go home and and be the everything you want to be. No, it's ideally this is going to be a, a catalyst. This is going to create muscle memory so that when you are faced with difficult times and uh, and those those white martyrdoms or you know. God willing, if the, you know, if those blood martyrdoms do come that, that you have something to reference that, you know, you've been there, you've been to that point before, you know, what your body's capable of. I mean, it's been said that the human mind thinks they're dying at about 40%. So we want to take guys to as close to death and with that, you know, without killing them and without physically harming them permanently, at least, uh, so that they can realize what they're capable of. Most men have no clue what they're capable of. They don't even think about what they're capable of. We're so conditioned to just be in this rat race, this cycle, this dumb Homer Simpson dad, ridiculed, mocked, just pays the bills and, and just, you know, gets made fun of and, and doesn't lead his family. And it is time for men to stand up and, and good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, you know, the martyr's walk will, will be a venue that can, that can help men change. What's your in the future, do you, what are you looking at, like down the road five years from now for Martyrs Walk, or do you see in like each facility full of absolutely, going a absolutely. So my goal right now, um, my goal first off was to do the beta version and run the guys through. We did great success. So as we stand here, I could end it right now and know that 
I impacted or, you know, God through the martyr's walk allowed us to impact those those guys and myself included. So that's a success. Uh, we set the August 24th to the 26th date. So coming up in about two weeks, that's our first main event. Um, we've got a handful of guys signed up for that. That's a success. I've got a date in September set, September 28th. Uh, I think we might have some special guests showing up for that one. I'm kind of excited about uh, that. Be, that Charlotte. It's in, you fly into Charlotte and yeah. then we, we have it at a, a local YMCA summer camp facility, Camp Thunderbird. That's what we're using right now. Uh, but you asked about my long-term goals. My long-term goals, if this, you know, if it does go where, you know, please got it, you know, it, it could and should go. We would have 10 to 20 acres with our own enclosed facility, everything, you know, right there for us. Because right now we're, we stay at the at the bunkhouse at Camp Thunderbird. We transport out each day to the different locations. Uh, we have rented facilities for different events. And then we transport back. We also have some property that we use for a lot of the outdoor. Uh, we have like five acres nearby that we use. Uh, but it does require a lot of transportation. And so my, you know, my, my goal, you know, if, if God continues to bless this and, and bring it, you know, to where we, we hopefully it'll go, we'll have our own, like you said, obstacle course and, and different events, all kind of self-sustaining there. We'll have bunkhouse, we'll have a, a rec, you know, rec room there for, for eating a little small cafeteria and thing, nothing fancy, but, um, but something where it is all kind of encompassing. Do you remember when the Miami hurricane uh, when they rose to power, like uh, late, late 70s, early 80s, you know, when they started. What's with, what's the guy's name? What's the big uh, with the glasses? And Yeah. And, if you had to ask me. Uh, yeah. I've uh, seen the, the I've, Bosworth. Uh, Brian Bosworth, right? Bosworth. Yeah. That's Brian. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yep. Yep. Back, back when Miami became the most fear, what Alabama is today. Yes. My, was for several years and the 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 players that went there didn't have anything to go to when they first got going because and they said the mentality they had they went to the university of florida which to me is the most beautiful campus i've ever been to they went to florida state they go to these beautiful schools and you go to miami it was military barracks cockroaches this big alligator warning signs air conditioner broke, third world country, graffiti. I mean, it was trashed. And they said that just, mm. that appealed to them. And yeah. I've been there since then. It's been spruced up a little bit there, but they still yeah, have signs there. Be yeah. So um, I once, me and you have a lot of the same thoughts and, and ideas. I once bought 18 acres next to the biggest one of the biggest high schools in alabama and mm. the the land i bought was uh big enough where nick saban's helicopter would land to go to watch players you know to recruit yeah. and uh when i say i bought it i, I had started a, a ministry and the and, and the ministry bought it and exactly what you're doing i had it all you know all mapped out and then you know that's when i was in the prosperity gospel uh, yeah. And, and when you quit teaching the prosperity gospel, the money dries up overnight. So yeah. when I started saying, "Hey, I'm, I've been wrong," well, I was thanked with a lot of you know empty seats. Yeah. And then that, but that was part of me becoming Catholic. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, now that I'm uh, Catholic, man, you probably couldn't find a hundred people in this state that would do something like that. But I'm all for helping you do it, man. I, you know, I would love to be in a position to uh, sponsor. Yeah, you know, that'd be great. You know, because but part yeah. of what they do with Catholic Rednecks is not not just a main page, but I want to do stuff. Yeah, and I hey hey Brian, uh, my son Brian there. I, mm. I, I wonder yeah. if he started his push-ups yet. I've been begging him. But <laughs> hey, Brian, there, I you know I'd like to sponsor my own son to That's go. Beautiful. Yeah, you know? and uh, I mean. I've I've started lots of businesses, and this is the first business that I I haven't looked at what the bottom line is going to be. My bottom line is men. If I can get every Catholic man there, I mean, obviously we're not going to get every Catholic man there, but that is our bottom line is is the impact we can make with every man. Um, and so that is that's 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 our goal. Um, you know, we've we've tried to figure out because we you know we do get the kickback. You know, the pro and, and my argument is. The Protestants pay it, and the Protestants pay a lot more. Where are the Catholics? We're so cheap. You know, we're like, we think everything should be given. Everything should be just given away. You know, we drop our little 50 cents or dollar in the basket every Sunday. I mean, while the Protestants are, you know, dropping lots. I mean, again, I know it's, the you know, that, that just different mentality there. But But Catholics are just, we're so cheap. We're so cheap. We want everything, but we don't want to spend anything for it. Um, and that's unfortunate, but you know we're going to grind away, and and, it, and God's going to take it wherever it goes, and it may lead to somewhere else. And, and you know, it, just like I've said in my other pieces of points in my life, where I thought, okay, well, the Knights of Columbus and getting involved there and rejuvenating it there, that was going to be it, and that wasn't it. Then it was the men's conference, and well, men's conference is great, but that wasn't it. And you know, the the obligation, and little, the the radio show, it, that's great, and I enjoy it, but didn't think that was really the end all. And now you know we're kind of here, I'm at, you know, at another place, maybe in a year, two years, I'll look back and be like, well, you know, I thought the martyr's walk was it, but we're going to, we're going to do everything we can to get it out there. I feel like the amount of men who've heard about it and they're like, yes, this is awesome. We need this. Okay. Well, let's get on with it. Let's do something about it because I really feel like this will change a man. This isn't like going on a retreat for a few days. This isn't just going and having a Bible study on Saturday mornings. This is going to peel you back to see who you really are and what you are really capable of. I mean, in a, in a very intimate way, in a very physical way, mental and spiritual way, uh, surrounded by brothers and other men um, that you will make. These, these men will be there for the rest of your life. I firmly believe that. The six guys that went through it uh, back in May, um, they have a brotherhood like, you know, like you, you, you wouldn't believe. And, uh, you know, there's the amount of faith and support that's there. And um, we, we don't want it. So a lot of these other ones, the, the prosperity gospel ones, they're, 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 their way of their continuing education, you could say, is, is to pay, you know, your 10 or $20,000 a year so you can be in the social network and you, you know, do all these, you know, meet up kind of conferences and you can, you know, network your company and have all these connections. Ours is not at all like that. Our we don't have anything to sell you. Once you once you go through the martyrs walk, you know, basically we want you guys to stay in, in contact with each other. There is a rule of life that several of the men that are involved with the martyrs walk do follow. It's called Mary Queen of Martyrs, our Queen of Martyrs Templar. And it's it's a basically a rule of life that uh, kind of bonds these guys together. It talks about, you know, what kind of prayer is going to be done every day, physical requirements that are done every day, um, public, you know 
prayer and protest that that will put a man out and and beyond out of his comfort zone. Um, there's dieting, you know, that's followed. To, you know, and, and and none of it, none of us are going to be perfect at it. It's a map. It's a roadmap. You know, uh, we might veer off a couple uh, streets, but if you have a roadmap, you can easily get back to where you were. And so, you know, we we have that to offer, and that's on the website as well. It goes through the rule of life, and it it looks overwhelming, and it looks, uh, you know, maybe too much. But it's it's a guideline, you know, and if you, it's kind of like the Exodus 90. I know a lot of guys did the Exodus 90 and some of them did it and they did it 100 percent rigorous and and were perfect at it. But I would I would fair to say probably myself included, you know, I might got an 85, 90, maybe didn't get 100 percent. But I had it there as a guideline. I can always bounce back. You know, you talk about the physical stuff. Um, that's another thing that we've kind of done as a group of men. We have this this challenge that every single day, you know, we guys do it and they'll ring the little bell on the group chat and say they've accomplished it. And some guys might not. And I'm probably running about 75, 80%, but it keeps me back going to it. I mean, I might get off for a day here or there, but then I'm right back on it. And, uh, you know, if I can crank out 80, 80 pushups in a row, uh, and do a couple of sets of those, you know, and I'm not a big muscle guy, but, uh, it can be done. And, uh, I had, I had my uncle, my uncle, he would, he would, he, you know, in his seventies, he would get up every morning. First thing he did, he'd crank out his, his 70, 71, 72, 73, and he, you know, each day. And I'm like, man, if my uncle can do that, you know, I need to, I need to get on that. So, and plus it just keeps you prepared. It gives you, uh, some confidence, you know, you'll see some muscle development and you can't just depend just on the muscle development. And, and, you know, that's not going to give you the, the knowledge of to defend yourself, but it's a start. Yeah. You know, it's a start. It's a lot easier when you can uh, do a couple of push-ups and you can't. Um, so yeah. if anybody wants the vision I have or th- something I vision, wouldn't it be neat if we had 20 parishes that sponsored somebody that a priest? So, you know, we got this. We just see something about this guy here and he needs to be there. You know, yeah. if if we had 20 churches sponsor someone to go up there, that would be cool. I would like, yeah. or ministry, or you know, whatever Catholics call them. A, a, a what's it called? A, I almost say apostolate. apostolate. Yeah, apostolate. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh no, I I, absolutely. You know, we're we're open to. However, I mean, if 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 a diocese or some you know Catholic group wanted to take this over and fund it, and we could just be there and be a part of it, by all means. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, I've got do have six kids, you know, so I've got a lot of mouths to feed. So it, it, it can't I can't just float it. Uh, but we do it at almost a cost basis. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not cheap to put guys up for for really because we the way it works is we have to have them there by noon on the first day. And some guys are coming from as far out as California and Texas. So they're ha- they have to get there the day before. The beauty of it is we're able to secure the facility. So we offer an extra day to come early. And we also offer an extra day to stay because we end uh, on Saturday. I believe it starts on uh, Thursday. I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but it doesn't end till about eight o'clock on Saturday night. So the odds of getting out of Charlotte. So we offer that extra night. So we we're actually adding two extra nights to most guys at no extra cost. Um, and that's just one of the other things to just make sure they can get there. Our goal is just get there. You know, if you can get there and you're open to it. You know, we will help you. You know, hear God's voice. I, I do believe that um, God will use use the martyrs' walk for that. So, um, website. Your website again is themartyrswalk.com, and uh, also on Instagram at the martyrs' walk, Facebook at the martyrs' walk. 
Um, but Instagram probably uh, is where we, you know, we have most of our kind of uh, posts and, and kind of what's going on. Um, yeah, themartyrswalk.com is, is the website. You can just Google the Martyrs Walk and it'll pop right up for you. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Well, man, Jason, I don't know, what, should I call you Commander Jason or Captain Jason? Uh, just Jason. General? Not... <laughs> yes, sir. Meet you again. Well, I've already met you. It's good to see you on here. And I think I'll have one of your uh, drill instructors on here in a day or two. Tomorrow. Yeah, Joe Simmers. Yeah, absolutely. Another Marine uh there for you and daniel daniel vu with traditional catholic men uh he's one of our instructors so a lot of guys out there are probably familiar with him he's got a big apostolate out in california uh lots of rosary marches and men's conferences uh he's actually going to be coming to our men's conference february 10th enoch's going to be there jesse romero's going to be there joe enders is going to be there daniel vu and bishop zarama from the raleigh diocese so um that's that's another you know coming up february 10th you know so a lot of, a lot of good stuff going on around here yeah. uh, yeah, I've heard Charlotte's kind of like a a Catholic spring. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, now I'm gonna be praying for you, and I'll shoot Thank you, you put your links on here when it goes goes up on the podcast. Okay. That's great, John. I really appreciate being with you, and uh, hopefully we'll get to uh, see you again soon. Oh, I will. We'll see you. Okay. Okay. God bless.